Welcome to 10-Minute Takeaways from the Fifth Quarter, Conversations Beyond the X's and O's with Layson Perkins and Jeff Osterman. Change, is it a positive? Is it a negative? Should we fear change? Jeff, what do you think? I think change is a positive, but it's awful scary. And when it's happening, it could be the unknown. It could be a negative. But I think change is healthy. You hope change for the better. Obviously, it could be the other way. But change, to me, sometimes is really uncomfortable. But if you're in a bad situation, Layson, you're hoping for change. But does it bring out uncomfortable for you? I think it does. It does, of course. It's a natural reaction to a, a world of uncertainty. And so... You know, how do you manage that? How do you deal with it? You know, because you get, we're such, we're such creatures of habit. We're such creatures of routine. For someone to suddenly throw your routine off with, with either a new route to take at work, or you've got to change your diet, or now you've got to learn this new set of skills in, in order to stay competitive in your job. It's, 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 you're naturally going to feel fearful, but if you can get past that and get beyond the, that comfort zone, I think that's where you start to start to really feel the, the pluses of change. How would you handle a change? You know, I'm going to play the game. It's going to be a change for the positive, but it's going to take you some time, Lason, and it's going to be hard. What are some triggers for you to manage change? One of the first things I could I would think of is not to have any expectations going in. I think expectations is what hurts people because I, I forgot who it was that I, I got this from. I want to say it's Kyle Cease. He's a former comedian who's now become a, a kind of a speaker. And he said, people don't break your heart. They break your expectations. If you go into a situation with no expectations and you're just going to kind of, you know, go with the flow, you know, live in the moment, be, you know, be where your feet are. I think that's, that sets you up for success versus, oh, I didn't reach this, you know, this goal, or I didn't, you know, I didn't do this in particular. Does that, does that make sense? It does. I, uh, for me, I'm a process guy. You don't get to the top of the ladder just in one step. You have to take necessary steps. And I think for me, I have to process, okay, I see the end. It's hard, but I can see the end where I'm going. But I know I've got to take steps. There's going to be bumps. I'm going to have to learn new things or a new process or a new driving route, different things. But the end, that's what motivates me. So it's almost like I have the carrot dangling in front of me. But how about things are going good and now here comes the curveball? How do you get past? that that tough part, that hurdle, and things are changing in a spiral? I think you have to expect it. You, you, you have to go in with the, the mindset, it's going to happen, but I'm prepared ahead of time. And, and that's why, you know, you and I have both talked about the Aiden McCullen book, Undisruptible. Uh, uh, and, and that book really speaks to this right here, is that you're already building up expertise and you're building up skill sets before you need them. It's too late, according to according to Aiden. It's too late when you get there. All of a sudden, to need the skill set, you you have to anticipate it beforehand. 
Does that, uh, you know, when you, Jeff, you read the book, would, what would you, would you say that that was kind of the, the core message of, of, of the uh, content? Of a hundred, hundred percent. If it's sales, let's say your pharmaceutical sales or a 10 game winning streak or, you know, making all your shots or everything's roses, you know, around the corner, it's not going to last forever if you're realistic. But I think you have to not only have planned, but you have to make the deposits like Aiden talks about to be prepared. So when things start to go, you have a counter punch. You know, if your jab's not working and all of a sudden it gets stopped, you know, uppercut, what are you doing? You need something else. And, uh, but I think just don't take the pats on the back when things are going well. You've got to remember that run's going to end and you better be ready to pivot like COVID. How many people planned in any business that the world could be shut down? And those that pivoted probably had something planned. They didn't say, hey, we're going to have COVID, but they had a pivot to adjust quickly to that. One of my favorite quotes on change comes from uh, General Eric Shineski. And General Shineski said, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance a lot less. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm laughing, right? Because we relate a lot of things to Asian experience. And yeah, tell me, is there a business out there, a walk of life, parent, spouse, sports, uh, anything that, that changed. You've got, everything's going to change and, and no one said it was going to be easy. Well, I mean, ask the guys that ran Nokia, you know, their cell, their cell phone division or Blackberry or, you know, uh, Blockbuster. I mean, we can name them, you know, we can name all these different companies that, you know, thought, well, we've got it made. We don't, we don't have to change. You know, we're the, we're the market setter, you know, and then all of a sudden, that one disruptor comes in and just totally messes it up. And it's, you know, now we deal with a new reality. And, and they're the, the boardrooms where you as a leader have to be open and not just be stuck and say, Hey, everything's going great. Just keep going. Cause there's a rogue wave coming. And if you are one of those that just had blinders on that ship's taking water and it may sink. Let me ask you this. What advice would you give to let's, – let's, let's, let's do it two ways here. What advice would you give to a head coach who's got young assistants or assistants coming to them, to them and saying, we might want to think about making changes maybe in style of play or in this area or that area? How do you handle that? First, you know, what time of year? If it's the off season, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to listen to you, which validates you as an assistant and your thoughts. But I want to see not just data, but you're going to have to convince me if we've recruited, you know, to run five out motion and you want to run high, low, and we don't have the horses, I have a tough time. But I, as a leader, should be confident enough to accept your thought and to give my rationale on why I don't think it would work for us. Okay, let's flip it around. You're a young assistant. You, you want to, you're trying to sell an idea to your boss about a change that you think 
that should be made within the program? What's your approach? Communication, of course. You got to time it. You don't bring it up after a loss and it's, you know, maybe after season, postseason meetings and say, coach, you know, I think we have some different strengths or the conference really struggles defending five out motion. It's a big clunky conference. You know, can I go study and come up with a plan to show you on how teams struggle defending five out motion? But you and I both know you have to have a head coach that's willing to listen. Have you ever had a case like that where you've made a suggestion and just had it squashed? Yes. Yes. And of course, now at the time, I was a very young coach who felt I knew the game, you know, and my co- head coach listened. And so I, I, I learned the lesson there is that number one, at the end of the day, it's his, it's his, the head coach's, his decision. And when I walk out the, the, the door from his office to that gym, I'm 100% on board, whatever, whatever that decision is. I'm not going to be talking to the assistant coach. Man, can you believe it? He didn't like that idea. None of that. No, there has to be 100% loyalty to that. In the meantime, like you said on the timing, you better do your research. You better have everything, data, film, you know, conversations with other coaches that you've explored this with to give your coach as much information to help them make that decision and accept at the end of the day, they might say no and you're okay with it. Because if anything, you just got better, you know, at learning or you picked up a new aspect, you know, of the game that will help you for down the road. So don't discount it. Okay, if we, you know, we're not going to run it. Kind of goes back to that old quote that I remember uh, Bob Huggins talking about in clinics. Like, you may not run this offensive set, but you better know how to defend it. You better have some ideas on how to, you know, how to defend it if you see it. Yep. It's a learning thing. It's a learning curve. And again, sometime when you're in that head coach chair and your assistant comes to you, and I think it's how you handle it. You validate them that you're open to listening and you'll need to show me something about it. And and maybe we change, maybe we don't. 10 minute takeaways from the fifth quarter conversations beyond the X's nose. Thank you for joining us.